What do you imagine when you think about university? Maybe it's sleepless nights in the library or the journey to your dream job. Maybe it was, or will be, your first time out of home or something you thought you'd never do. No matter your experience or expectations, there is one thing we all share. I'm Lizzie Jack, and this is We Are UOW, a podcast by the University of Wollongong, where we explore the lifelong connections made on the UOW campus, from friends to mentors to marriages. Episode one, Pauline, Melissa and Madeline. My name's Pauline Nysett and I studied uh, initially at the University of Wollongong in the mid-70s and then I worked there from the mid-90s onwards until I retired. My name's Melissa Lysett and I studied at the University of Wollongong in the 80s. My name's Maddie Lysett and I'm studying journalism at UOW. When you see these three women together, it's easy to assume that they are grandmother, daughter and granddaughter. They look alike, all with blonde hair, they kind of speak alike, and they have that natural comfort that you see in families. One time, they were travelling in New York with Pauline's daughter Georgie, and strangers kept telling them how similar they were. And I remember them saying to Pauline, gosh, you've got good genetic makeup because you've got such a happy, happy, close family. Children who look so much like each other, so Georgia is also blonde and blue-eyed, so Georgia, Melissa and Maddie. Despite their similarities, Pauline and Melissa aren't actually mother and daughter. This is the story of three women, their connection to each other, and the University of Wollongong. It's the mid-1970s in Wollongong. Most of the region is employed by the steelworks at Port Kembla, to the point where the whole town seems to function around its staff. It was really a blue-collar town. Everything seemed to revolve around shift work. So there were three shifts at the steelworks and the other big industrial places. The train timetable ran to that. The bus timetable ran to that. You'd see people moving around throughout the day, but it was all in tune to those three shift times. The university was originally built in the 1950s as an extension of the University of New South Wales, and it was used to bolster Wollongong's industry by training engineers and mathematicians. By the 1970s, it was just finding its feet as an independent institution, the University of Wollongong. At 25 years old, Pauline had been married and divorced and was raising her son Scott when the university opened admissions for mature age students. So I was a single mother with a little boy um, and just wanting to have some sort of future that would support him and me. So I'd gone off to TAFE to do matriculation and I'd finished the first year of that and suddenly the university said, well, for $5 you can come and do an exam and write an essay and we'll admit a certain number of people. So that's what I did. I borrowed $5 from who I was going out with then, um, and and did the exam and wrote the essay and got in for the following year, which I think was 1975. And what do you remember of UOW when you first started? So the university itself was 
was being built. It's attached to the grounds that were originally the teachers' college and, and other land. So my memories are of walking through lots of mud because it was a building site in, in many places, many parts of the university. But it, there was a real sense of energy about it, about something that was new and being built and going somewhere. So there was enormous energy there across the campus. That affected the students as well. We all felt that we were, we were new there, but also we would be able to go places because we were studying there. I went into a Bachelor of Arts and I, uh, I wanted to do psychology. That's what I was really interested in. And in those days, the, the staff in psychology, the professors and uh, lecturers, were all housed in portables because the university was so new. I think, the, I think the engineering staff maybe had more stable premises and there was, a, there was one building that was quite big, Building 19, but it's a rabbit warren. So it was, it was there, that was the big new building with um, chute rooms and offices in it, and one lecture theatre that held 100 people, which I thought was enormous. I remember I sat down near the front because I was frightened I would miss something, and um, I couldn't believe there were so many students there. And I remember the lecturer saying, look around you, because at the end of the year, only one third of you will be here. Were they right? I think I think that was an exaggeration. Maybe he said that to scare us, but yeah, people did. People either failed or dropped out or moved on. And I just thought, I'll be one of those people. I won't be here because this is so big and I don't know anything. What will happen? But I just hung in there. Pauline did make it to the end. She finished her arts degree and moved to the Southern Highlands with her now husband, the one who lent her the $5. She did a graduate diploma in education and became a casual teacher before finding her way back to Wollongong. When she came back in the 80s, something was different. The town that once revolved around the steelworks now had huge unemployment, so she started researching. I bought one of those little humpy caravans and parked it down outside the employment service in Wollongong and I spent two weeks there and I had a coffee and a tea hot pot and some packets of biscuits and as I saw people coming out of the employment services I would approach them and say my name is Pauline Lysett, I'm doing some research for the University of Wollongong and I, I ended up interviewing a hundred people, mostly men, who were looking for work, all ages. And I remember one man saying that when he'd lost his job, he, he couldn't bring himself to face his family. And so he'd continued going off to work at the same time each day, taking his lunch with him, looking for work. But as far as his family was concerned, he was actually going to work and it took him six months before he could face them. So Wollongong went from being big industry to really a lot of unemployment and 
I guess, despondency. In 1993, Pauline enrolled in a Master of Education at UIW and became a lecturer and tutor. Then she was a sub-dean in the Faculty of Education, working with students going through academic hardship. But I also worked a lot on student intake, so I was really interested in how we could uh, appeal to and support students coming in who would not otherwise enter the university so often mature-age students. She did a PhD in supporting mature-age women returning to study. It was a full-circle moment, from the 25-year-old single mum who thought she wouldn't even make it through her first year. And then, uh, then I became an associate dean for a while. And then in about 2012, I worked with others on a funding opportunity through the Commonwealth Government and we gained $31 million in funding and um, that was to, to build and put into operation early start. So Pauline, who borrowed $5 to get into uni, helped secure $31 million to help create Early Start, an internationally recognised research centre which focuses on children's education, cognition and health. She retired in 2015 and has since become a fellow of the university. So where do Melissa and Madeline come into all this? My name's Melissa Lysett and I studied at the University of Wollongong in the 80s. I was completing my degree at the University of Wollongong and there was a company that was planning to start a new business in Wollongong, so they were holding a recruitment event. I attended because I was interested in hearing more about it and there I met Scott, who was attending because he was interested in the free food and drink. Scott Lysart, the young boy that Pauline had raised when she first started uni. So we met there at the uh, recruitment event at the university. We hit it off immediately and I dropped Scott home that evening and he said to his friend the next day, that's it, I've met the girl I'm going to marry. So you met Pauline through Scott, I assume? Yes, probably a few weeks after that. I think mm. that Scott and I had started dating pretty pretty early on. And then I was invited to the house for dinner to meet the parents. Uh, and I was used to charming the socks off people pretty easily, so I turned up with a big bunch of flowers. But it was very clear that Pauline was not very easily impressed and looked at me with quite a bit of uh, scepticism. <laughs> uh, but uh, I can't remember how long it was before I came to admire her so much. I don't remember, you know what, I don't even remember that at all. My first memory is of you in a trench coat and a trilby. Oh. Because you and Scott were going off to a fancy dress party somewhere. So I, I, I'm sorry, but I don't <laughs> remember the first remember. time you came. Did, did I make something nice to eat? Can I'm you sure remember? You did, yes. <laughs> I can't even remember. But I do remember the first time I sort of felt as though I guess I really could see you as a as a person you and Scott went off to that party and I thought wow Scott really loves dressing up and parties thank goodness he's found somebody else who really loves to do that too <laughs> and is so good at it as well <laughs> and there was together they had a real energy that was just incredible um, and and so that all revolves around the Trilby hat and the um, I do love a good dresser I know you do <laughs> Thank you. 
I lived in Wollongong and I finished high school in Wollongong in the mid-80s. And at that time, there was still a big problem with unemployment. And there was a sense that if you got a job, you were very lucky and that you had to hang on to it. So my two sisters and my brother had all been successful in getting traineeships with the steelworks where you study part-time and you work part-time as well. And then I was very fortunate, I also got a traineeship in marketing with the steelworks. It was the first year they'd ever offered a marketing traineeship. At that time, the university didn't have a degree in marketing. They had one or two marketing subjects, but it was a Bachelor of Commerce. So I worked and studied part-time for about four years to complete my degree. It was a terrific time of life, a great training ground at the Steelworks. I learned so much and really enjoyed studying at the university as well, which was still maturing at that stage, uh, particularly as different subjects were developing. Wollongong was still heavily dominated by the Steelworks at that time. It was the main employer in town. The university, uh, I think, subsequently has come to be a, a far more significant part of the city, but at that time it really was about the Steelworks. There was because I'd grown up in Wollongong, but my family had a very outward-looking focus, so I was extremely keen to live and work overseas and to have a great deal more freedom than my parents had done coming from a very working-class background. So to me, uh, university was an expectation from my parents who cared deeply about education, but for me it was like a ticket to uh, freedom and to going to explore the world because I felt that with a university qualification, I'd have a lot more opportunities in terms of work and, and where I travelled. It, it just felt like a place of possibilities. So there was still a strong emphasis on the engineering studies, and that probably was very male-dominated, but in the area that I was in, which was commerce, there were a lot of women coming through, and it, it uh, didn't feel like a big issue there. So a lot of young people studying HR or commerce and different fields, and I remember feeling that I, it was full of this sense of opportunity, and uh, I thought, right, I'm going to get out there and explore the world and be independent, and then I met this guy and thought, OK, maybe, maybe the independence will come with a, a very joyful partner. What was it like for you in the 80s at, at UAW? When I studied on campus, the uh, different clubs and societies were quite a big thing. And so there was the Engineering Society and the Ski Club and the this and the that. And uh, people loved getting involved in those to either meet new people or just get involved in different activities and, and drink mostly. And I remember having those crazy days where they would uh, drink some revolting milkshake made of anchovies and eggs and zucchinis or something and then having to run around the duck pond and then drink another one and yes <laughs> and Scott loved it <laughs> he couldn't wait to get involved <laughs> Scott had been right when he said he'd met his future wife about four years after the recruitment drive Melissa and Scott got married she still got her ticket to freedom and they explored the world together so we went to live in Brisbane for a few years and then we went to live in Vietnam uh, which was terrific uh, opportunity to learn new language and learn a new part of the world and everything like that. Then we came back to live in Melbourne for a few years then to Indonesia uh, and we had Maddie. Uh, unfortunately Scott was killed in the Bali bombing when Maddie was only less than one year old. So that meant a massive change in life and coming back to live in Sydney, in fact, with Maddie. So raising Maddie as a single parent, just as Pauline had done. In fact, I would talk to Pauline a lot about being a single parent and Pauline was always able to share some of the good points of it as well.
In 2002, a series of bombs were detonated in the popular tourist spot of Kuta on the Indonesian island of Bali. 202 people died, including 88 Australians. One of them was Scott. The attack sent shockwaves through Australia and saw the nation come together as a whole. About 600 people came to Scott's memorial at the University of Wollongong. We hadn't lived in Wollongong since 1993. It was about almost 10 years that we had been away at that point. And I think that the 600 people may actually have turned up more for Pauline because they would have known Pauline far better than they knew Scott. Um, But I think it was also that people just were so horrified by what had happened, just wanted to express in some way their their sympathy, their empathy. And uh, this was a, a good opportunity for people to come together and think about the all the families who have been impacted. Yeah, I, th- I think that's true. I mean, obviously, a lot of people who knew us as a family and had, um, you know, watched our kids growing up and Scott marrying Melissa, um, but people who also had been so affected by the bombing, um, just by the tragedy involved, um, who... Uh, I guess it, w- it was a way of... Um, waving a flag, if you like, in support, um, but a way for them to to also deal with tragedy. And a lot of Scott's um, friends from school had small children as well, um, so a lot of his friends from Hurlston had um, had come as well. But it was also fantastic of the university because um, we we knew we would hold a service, but we didn't really know where. And I think it was um, John Patterson, who was then the senior DVC, suggested it. Um, and, and so we just went ahead with that. And the university was unbelievable in terms of their support, absolutely incredible. It was really clear that everybody in Australia had been so impacted by the bombing mm. and everyone wanted to express their sadness in a way. So for many people, just coming along to that memorial event, I think was a really good thing. My memory is of Maddie being... It was in Building 67, the big lecture theatre. A friend's daughter who was studying childcare was looking after Maddie for the day. and. Um, this poor girl running after Maddie who crawled up the steps looking around laughing at her and kept on crawling. So there there were some funny memories from that day as well. My name's Maddie Lysop and I'm studying journalism at UOW. I think for many years actually, a lot of childhood summers, any holidays, any school holidays were at the uni, I think eating a lot of lollipops. I think one of Granny's colleagues had a big box of lollipops and I was always in her office taking them and I remember a big box of textures as well drawing lots of fairies and mermaids and things like that and lots of walks around the duck pond with the big ducks that Wollongong's very famous for the massive ducks and I remember going to an art 
gal at art shows a lot as well and eating at the cafe it was cafe 66 was it or 67 that's right yes lots of lots of fun activities at Eatney. Born in Wollongong, Maddie and her parents moved to Indonesia when she was just five weeks old. She grew up mostly in Sydney, and at only 19, she's been around the world. But Wollongong has always been home. We went to Africa with someone who works at the uni as well. That was a good uni connection, was going to Africa. We went to Africa for two weeks, I think, and went on safari with Katrina, um, who still works at the uni. Yes. Yes. Um, And lots of travelling to Asia as well strong connection to Asia and it's so nice coming back on the plane and looking at the beach when you fly over and thinking oh I'm back home it's very exciting as a kid I always told mum I wanted to move to Wollongong especially when I reached high school I really wanted to move to Wollongong because I met my best friend who studies engineering and I met her at the snow and I really wanted to move to Wollongong to be near her and the beach because it just looks like so much fun and now seeing kids grow up in Wollongong it looks like a lot of fun then last year, I was in England for a gap year. There are fears more than a thousand people could be infected with a deadly SARS-like virus. The World Health Organization has declared coronavirus a global pandemic with more than 118,000 cases across one... For four weeks and had to come home. It wasn't all bad though. She did finally get the sea change she always wanted. It was really nice moving to Wollongong for lockdown. Being by the beach is perfect because there's so many new things to try. I think picked up surfing this year, which was great. And I was very happy to move here last year. In Sydney, I would tell people I'm from Wollongong because I thought it was so much cooler than Sydney. At my school, MLC in Sydney, we had old girls come back and talk about their jobs and sort of encourage us to follow their paths. And Amanda Shalala came in. And she had studied sports journalism and she was working at ABC at the time and she'd worked at Fox Sports. And her first internship, I think, was on the Winter Olympics. And she was telling me about her experience at school. And I thought, I'm the exact same person as her. I need to study journalism. Because she was telling me about, she interviewed someone who'd just crossed the line for the Paralympics and she said it was the most exciting thing just being able to connect with someone in that special moment when no one else can talk to them. And I thought, oh, I have to do journalism. Like, this is this is it for me. And Wollongong looked quite exciting. I think it just seemed like the perfect degree for me. I love talking to people. At first, I really wanted to do sports journalism, but now I'm leaning towards music journalism, which I think is great in Wollongong because... Everyone's involved in music and there's so many people I can talk to uh, with a lot of focus on music. So I think Wollongong's the perfect place to head in that direction. And so spending so much time at the uni as a kid and hearing the stories of your parents and grandmother going through, how important was that for you to follow in their footsteps? I think it was not an option to go anywhere else actually it felt like I really should go there and never heard a bad thing about it everyone's spoken so highly about it and it always looked like a lot of fun everyone seemed like good friends when I was on campus as a kid um quite important to go to Wollongong it's got a bit of pressure as well got to make sure I have good marks to impress everyone else that went to Wollongong yeah very important I remember when we went to Wollongong for the open day when Maddie was choosing universities and she had three or four universities she was considering. We went to Wollongong, 
walked around the grounds, met some really nice, friendly people, went to the sports centre, yeah, and she basically said, that's it. I think it was the rugby field that sold me. I was like, <laughs> oh, and the pool mm. and the gym. And then someone said that the dragons train at the gym, and I was like, oh, I've got to go here. <laughs> this is it. There's definitely the sporting grounds and also the uni bar. Yeah. I think that pulled me in quite a lot as well. Maddie had heard about all the amazing experiences that Pauline, Melissa and Scott had had at URW in the 70s and 80s. So how does that compare to starting a degree in the midst of a global pandemic? So I started, I did one subject in summer session that was all online, which was weird because I didn't get that first day at UniFeel. And then I had one subject in person last semester and my housemate was doing the same subject. So we got to catch the bus in together, which was really exciting. Caught the free bus, which I heard so much about. And then all my other subjects have been online, which has been weird, but doing a journalism degree, it's journalism is so online now and uh, it's kind of nice and a lot of the communications on Facebook now which I never thought being at high school they try to keep us off social media but now all our lecturers talk to us on Facebook and it's it's weird but I still feel like there's a sense of connection because when I was on campus everyone knew each other everyone was friendly with each other even if they'd had a few years ahead of me on campus but everyone seems to be friends and it's so exciting going to a tutorial in person and seeing mature age students it was so it was so nice talking to older people and younger people as well it still feels like there's a sense of connection and opportunity as mum was saying possibilities I would say that Maddie's experience is completely different to mine uh, for me it was a very rigid career path you could either study engineering or accounting or you know it was very limited and even though it was a, a pathway to other opportunities, to me the creativity that Maddie is experiencing at uni and in this stage of her life is uh, far beyond what I experienced. So uh, to me it's not cyclical or it re- doesn't repeat my experience at all. It is completely different and new. And I guess because I've moved back to uh, Wollongong now after having lived away for, I don't know, 25 years, to me it's a completely different city. Uh, It's far more mature, uh, far more diverse in terms of the way people live and what's important to them. And I think that's a really positive thing. I've started a band this year and a few of us go to the uni. We're very excited to play at the uni bar eventually as we get bigger. (laughs) We're midwife crisis. Midwife crisis. Yeah, which is very exciting. And through uni, I'm hoping that I can make connections in the future. I want to do some business subjects or something like that where I can make some stronger connections for work. And your connection to UOW has obviously started much earlier than most undergrads, you know, having essentially grown up on the campus. So what does Wollongong mean to you? It means a lot. I I have a very weird connection to this place, even though I didn't grow up here. It means friendship to me, if that makes sense. It means family because everyone at one point I think everyone in our family was living here some people live in other parts of the world now but everyone seems to come back here one of my aunties moved to America a few years ago oh and she moved to France as well at one point and always comes back here and it's just a lot of fun here I think there's always so much to do and yeah a strong sense of family here I think Christmas time waking up at granny's house taking the presents out of the stockings and going to the beach I think beach 
is a big part of Wollongong, going to the beach every day, especially growing up every morning down at Austie Pool. Yeah, a lot of fun here. To me, Wollongong does represent the great natural beauty of the environment. It's extraordinary. And I find people are extremely positive and energetic and willing to participate in just about anything. So I'm amazed that when we meet um, people uh, of my sort of age, they're all in soccer teams or hockey teams or they go surfing and everyone's got some activity that they love to do in the outdoors and uh, that's very invigorating. I guess for a long time it was that connection to the university and work um, and now it's sitting back and watching the university just continue to grow and despite even the last couple of years you know the positive changes that continue to take place there. I think it's I think Wollongong's a beautiful environment you know physically beautiful being able to go bushwalking. Um, I'm not a great swimmer, but my husband is, the rest of the family are. So paddling is, I'm really good at. I walk nearly every morning with the, the beach inside. Um, and friends. We Are UOW is brought to you by the University of Wollongong. This episode was produced by myself, Lizzie Jack, with help from Grace Golash. It's dedicated to Scott Lysart, who tragically passed away in the Bali bombings. Thank you so much to Pauline, Melissa and Maddie Lysart for sharing their stories. If you want to hear more of Maddie's music, you can find them on Instagram at midwifecrisisband, all one word. We love to hear about the connections made at University of Wollongong. If you have a story you think is worth sharing, email us at weareuow at uow.edu.au or you can share your stories online with the hashtag weareuow. Next time on We Are UOW, two young guys move to the gong from Canberra. They sit next to each other on the first night at dinner and have basically not left each other's side since. Nick actually was sleeping on our couch for a little while. We had a we had a little unit in Ranwick and yeah, it, it was really over an, over a night of reds and putting our heads together and the desperate yearn to get back to the gong where it all began and that's when sort of we we pulled the trigger on the business. That's next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>